You ready for this? I'm ready. What's up, man? Hey, man. What's going on? Having some coffee. I am finally feeling better. Good for you. You know, last time we talked about how I didn't want to go to the gym at all. What do you think about senior verdict? Who? Well, I had another week like that because I got, I felt worse. And uh, I did, I did do legs. So I didn't skip leg day two weeks in a row at all. I did legs both weeks. I know. So that really unmotivated me. But I had this problem this week. Uh All right. Uh oh. And I I don't know if you can relate at all. Serious up in here. I want to just jump right in. Yeah. So I'm laying on the couch trying to figure out what I'm going to watch. And I, I found out that I spend more time flipping through Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, HBO Go, whatever's on TV, mm-hmm. and I spend more time trying to figure out what I'm going to watch more than I do actually watching something. And by the time I try to decide I want, I find something I want to watch, I don't want to watch it. I just go to bed. Wow. And I'm finding out that it's actually, I feel like that's my life. Like That's I'm, your life. I can't decide what I want to do. Right. I can't decide. Oh, it's an analogy. Essentially, yeah. You know, like... I think, you know, it's like, I can't decide what I want to do. I can't decide what choices I want to make. And I feel like I spend the majority of my time trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life that I waste time by just sitting there and absolutely doing nothing Mm. and not taking action. Mm. That's tragic. But you know what? The good thing is you're only 33 years old and you can just start today with a fresh new outlook and, and you're young, you know? Right. Yeah. That was kind of my take on today. Like, I didn't want to work out yesterday. Yesterday, I had a wreck. It was it was small. It was minor. This guy's got some issues. I, I'm here. I, I need to learn. <laughs> this, uh, and so, I pulled out in front of this car. Good gravy. They swerved, but I still hit them. We pulled over, and luck should have it. They didn't want my insurance. And so it was my fault. They didn't want my insurance. And if you do now, I'm sorry. You can contact my Instagram <laughs> at Jamie it's underscore Whitley, yeah, yeah. and uh, we'll talk it out. And so we, you know, we hand, my mind. we hand shook on it, and you know, we let, went our separate ways. And I've got to get my bumper fixed. And then I just ate whatever I wanted to yesterday. I went to Chick Fil A. I had two number one, two chicken biscuits, two hash browns. Went to a local uh, Mexican food establishment wow. and had a plate of fajitas. Went home, had pizza, had some Don Wines, and could not figure out what I was going to watch. And got up and worked out this morning because it's a new day. And therein lies the analogy of not being able to find something to pique your interest on the screen. Right. And still looking for what piques your interest in your life and in the, world, in the real world. Right. So, I mean, I'm, but I, I guess that's kind of a problem a lot of people have. I mean, with you being on the real estate side of things, I'm sure there's people that probably do the same thing with trying to buy a house, or people may do it when they try to buy a car. Yeah. You know, at the same time, you know, taking your time to make the right decision can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But if you spend too much time trying to figure it out, it's almost paralyzing. Yeah. Uh, and what do they call that? Analysis paralysis. Yeah. Yeah. Where you can't, can't make the call, you're indecisive, and you just end up doing nothing instead of doing something. Right. So you sitting behind the television, bang, 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 and you've watched nothing. Yeah, exactly. You, you've gotten nothing from the content that's in your face, 
and you've just kind of gone from one little snippet to the next snippet to the next snippet trying to find that reel that's really going to pull you in. I mean, that can be that way in life. There's a lot of opportunities out there for people that, you know, this job comes up or this opportunity comes up or, or this gig they want to do, this idea they have. They never execute on any of them. They just continue to flip the channel, so to speak. And uh, you just dropped your chair. You were you were lower than me, and I felt like I needed to be. Lower oh my word! I needed to be lower than you. So. Well, anyway, yeah, I think that that's a great analogy, and you know, I want to help you with that. So, what would be the first thing you would ask that would might lead into, you know, how you ended up in that pattern of flipping channels and flipping life, and how you feel like you could break out of it and then we'll navigate that together. So I guess the first step I need to do is uh, quit watching TV when I should be using my free time to do something productive to actually hustle. I don't, I mean, I don't No, not necessarily. Okay. I I think that a part of the television, social media, internet browsing, all that stuff is it's escapism and we have to have that as human beings. You know, sometimes People will sit underneath a tree and read a book, and that's escapism to some. Where some of you know somebody's other else escapism might be jumping out of an airplane. Not mine, mm. but you know maybe this guy down here he's got you know something going on upstairs. But anyway, um, yeah. So it's escapism. So turning it off one hundred percent. No, I think that's a that's a re- recipe for disaster a lot of times. But limit limiting it or being intentional about the content that you're absorbing. So pick a series, pick something that you're into, watch it through, right? You're anticipating it, you're into it, you know exactly what you're going to watch, you know exactly what you're going to do, and then when it's over, you move on to something else. Um, You can do that with tasks and projects and ideas and jobs and everything else too. Pick one, do something, we've already talked about that a couple of times, Mm -hmm. and do the best you can at it and as you're doing it, maybe you segue into something else or some other opportunity pops up. Um, so if you're watching television uh, or if you're watching a, a Netflix special or a documentary or something and something pops up on the screen that, you know, that's a part of that uh, particular content and it piques your interest, you know, maybe that's the next episode, uh, that next thing that you watch is based on some el- something else that was inside of that piece that you were watching right at the moment. So, you know, I don't think that it's a terrible thing. I do think that you can spend way too much time watching uh, that kind of stuff for sure. I, I would probably say that mine is limited to less than three hours a week. Mm-hmm. And for me, what I like to watch are things like documentaries, um, historical stuff and or stuff about our globe, our world, our planet, our people, um, you know, National Nat Geo and and uh, Science Channel and all that kind of weird stuff, I guess. I'm, I'm not really into like, like I've honestly never seen an episode of Game of Thrones. Never, not one. I know he's leaving, yeah, right? Never seen Game of Thrones. So, I, and, and then the, the big one before that, several years back, all of my, all of my friends in, in close circle were into Breaking Bad. I've never I, seen that. I, I watched I've seen a little one. bit of it, but I never really got deep into it. So for me, it's just like, I'm looking for that short-term escapism I literally have probably designed myself to the edge of insanity by constantly working and ideal creating. Like that's that's my escapism. 
I'll get lost in an idea and I'll take it to the nth degree. I'll log so, on. I'll log on and, and grab the domain name for something I'm never going to do because I'm I'm that you know I'm I'm in that vein. So I guess in the same way, it could be related to the real world minus not really trying to find something to watch, but you may get caught up in so many different ideas. You know mm-hmm. what makes you decide? Okay, this is the one I'm going to pick. Yeah. Same way. Let's say you have you know the exact model of you know a GMC Sierra, you know, and but you're like, I've got, I can have any color I want. Every single one is the exact same, but I don't know which one I'm going to pick. Yeah. Well, it's the same car. Right. You just got to pick which color, but you're right. making a commitment to have that car. Mm-hmm. So on the ideal creation side, when, when those creative thoughts are flowing and you're just going from one idea to the next, and it doesn't, it's not like a good idea every eight seconds. It's more like I thought of this today and, and three weeks later, I think of something else, or two days later, I think of something else. Um, you know, I've heard someone recently talk about the ideal idea, excuse me, uh, part of the brain, and it's a muscle that you exercise. And the more you exercise it, basically your brain gets better at creating ideas. My brain is jacked. Yeah, so so it's kind of like with comedy. The more comedy you do, the funnier your comedy muscles in your brain, I guess, are. And so you you create your craft and build on that, right? But on the idea factory side of it, which is what I like to call my brain, um, you can come up with ideas and you can be inundated and overwhelmed, banging through the channels of your brain, trying to figure out which one's going to be the greatest or the best or the next fill in the blank what, you know? Um, For me, I like to map those out either on a notebook pad or I've got a huge whiteboard back there in the back. It's like four foot by 10 foot long and it's just filled with stuff. And I'll write stuff up there, and I'll let it soak. And sometimes what I write, it's funny because some of the team will say, what's that? And I'm like, "Ah, eh, you know, it's just an idea I had. I'm very cryptic. Mm-hmm. I like to put things that mean something to me. I don't just write it out in full sentences. Here, I'm going to do this adventure, and it's going to be like this, and we're going to do that. You know, that's almost probably a cautionary, protectionary thing. Uh, so I'm very cryptic in what I put out there for people to walk by and see for a number of reasons, and I'll get to that in a second. But I think that you just, again, go, going back to just doing something. I think it was week before last or the episode that's about to pop. Just start, right? We talked about just start. So pick one, you know. Um, pick one idea, pick one show, and just go with it. If you get five minutes into that show and you're bored of tears, turn it off. Grab a book. Mm. So right? it's like almost like completely force change. feed yourself one to, to get engaged in. Right. And then if you don't like it, turn it off and just walk away. You know, don't bang, 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 bang. Same thing with ideas. You can have 20 ideas, pick one, do something with it. Now, what does doing something with it look like? It may just mean getting on Google and see if that idea already exists. Maybe you have an idea for a product and it sounds really cool in your head. You might want to check Google first. Somebody may have already done it. Sometimes we'll do that. HH will get on and say, hey, man, I got an idea for something. He'll get on there and he, he's researching for hours and can't find really anything right. or anything on this hemisphere like it. And so that's an interesting place to be because then you've got this idea and you go, hmm, if, if, if I like this, going back to scratching my own itch, maybe there's other males in, four, in their 40s out there that might like this. Doesn't exist. At least we can't find it searching all these different ways on Google through the internet. Perhaps that's something we should pursue. So it goes over here in the maybe a good idea column. 
So here's the ideas. Here's the good ideal column. And here's the, oops, somebody already did that ideal column. And you just eliminate and keep moving through them. So, okay. Can I challenge you? Of course. Okay. So what if someone... As long as it's not to a duel. No. Okay. No. Good. You're bigger than I am. That's why I had to lower my share. And so... (laughs) Keep going. So let's say someone has the same idea. Let's say there's already someone out there that is doing, let's say, real estate. And you're like, okay, there's all these real estate companies going on. Right. I'm going to open a real estate company. But the one thing is I'm going to do it better. Sure. There's something they're not doing that I'm going to do that's better. Sure. So, I mean, you could say the same thing. Pocahontas, Dances with Wolves, Avatar. They're all three the same movie. I'm glad that you say that in a challenging way because, honestly, I want to clarify. In the idea factory that I'm producing ideas, I'm not going to the Internet and saying, oh, shucks, somebody else got it. I'm over it. Because there are those instances, especially like in the real estate game, where we have created an entity that we think is better and we think is a model that will work long term. I mean, yeah, we're not going to just pass because there's 18,000, you know, companies out there already. Um, We're definitely going to execute on that. When I'm talking about an idea, you know, and quantifying how you move it to the next level. So so we go from the idea factory and we move it into the category that nobody's ever done it. That's pretty cool. Or we move it into somebody's done it, but we could do it better. Or somebody's done it, but they're not doing it like this. And this is why we'd be different. And you just keep pushing it down the line through all those different, you know, litmus tests. And if they keep continuing to pass and you feel like you've got something to bring to the world that has value, because that's the end result, bring it to the world for value, um, then you go with it. So there it kind of separates itself from a television show selection. It's a little bit more detailed, a little bit more in depth. Um, So what I like to do is move that idea to the next category and then let it soak for a season to see if that's something that I really want to pursue or it's just out there and I know it's there and I know it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to be a challenge. And so I've got to build up to doing that one thing. We've talked about that with some of the endeavors that we want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, we've talked about products that we're going to launch, things that we're going to do. And we've talked off camera and off off um, mic about some stuff. And so those are ideas that we're bringing to fruition, but they're not like next week. They're not even this year. Might not be for another decade. And that's okay because those are just ideas that we're going to execute on and move them down the line. So I guess it's very relatable to, I know this is something we're getting into probably another episode. It's a lot like a debt snowball effect. Yeah. So would you say that you would essentially, if you've got all these different ideas, but there's costs associated, do you pick the one you can afford to do first? Or do you go for the big one and get the money that you need to do it? If capital is a reason for doing something or not doing something. I mean, that's. So for me, it would be less about the win on the financial side and it would be more about the why behind the what. Mm-hmm. Like the idea, right? Right. At this point where I'm at today, I think that the why has the most important piece of the puzzle for why we're going to do anything. And I mean, if somebody says, well, why do you want to do that? I can answer it. And if I can't answer it, then it gets pushed way over here in the maybe never column, you know? So um, I think the why for me is the most important piece right now. And, and, what would make us push something to the forefront and pursue it. 
obviously having the capital funding to do the deal is very advantageous, but not always. And we probably need to jump into that at some point on the on the debt side. Not always are we just taking a bucket full of cash and doing a deal, right? Mm-hmm. There are financing needs in place. I'm just talking about from a startup standpoint, uh, when I'm talking about debt, you you have to have some money to start. Obviously, we can't go develop a you know a multi-million dollar shopping center um, all on cash because we'd have to take all the resources from, from everywhere inside the organization, pour it all into one thing, and nothing else would survive. That one thing, you'd have to pour it all in there. But we do take some cash and some financing, and we do the deal, right? Now, back to the debt thing, on the long-term goal is to have asset upon asset upon asset upon asset with zero debt. That is the long-term goal. Um, but that's building blocks. That's stepping stones. You've got to get there. Okay. Yeah. So would you say when it comes to people making a decision, a lot of times money is a major factor in that? Because, I mean, it's I, huge, yeah. I would think, you know, like for you example, you know, one of the things you want to do this year was learn Spanish. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier to make that decision because hiring a Spanish tutor or purchasing an online course right. isn't as expensive to start right. as, say, opening a massive retail center. Exactly. So, yeah. and 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 what is the what's the why behind the Spanish lessons? Right. Mm-hmm. I need. I want to do commerce outside the United States in Latin America. I don't want to have an interpreter. Right. I want to be able to do that myself. So that's one of those little micro goals. Learning a language is not an easy thing, but it's a micro goal to the long term plan. Okay. So I've got an idea. I have a product. I have a launch date in mind out in the future. And in order to get there, there's several things that have to happen. And so I'm just playing them out one by one by one. Same thing with the guitar lessons, right. taking my guitar skills to the next level. It's all about how does that play out into the endeavor of the guitars right. that we're going to produce, right? So anyway. So I, I guess when you start with that idea, what do you do first? I mean, I guess, are you making smart goals? Are you, which yes. are, you know, I guess people don't know what a smart goal is. That is a specific uh, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Yes. Finally know something. You got it, man. Yes. I am so impressed with that. Like, I, that's awesome. I'm so glad that you said that. So, yes, we are. Now, I don't want to discount. I think I posted something. You did. I wrote something today or yesterday. It was yesterday. About, was it? I don't I'm stalking know. you. Yeah, you're stalking. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Actually, um, sidebar. It, it had something to do with like, you know, reasonable or delusional, that kind of co- um, context. And there are ideas that are delusional. They are. I mean, you're just not going to go from zero to a thousand miles an hour overnight. You're not going to be able to do things. It's small, bite-sized pieces. We talked about that. Um, and I do have some ideas that are delusional, but they're, it's a fun exercise in coming up with ideas and strategies. And what if we could do that? And how would that work, you know? And so I personally, instead of watching television, like to go through all those exercises, sometimes even on the delusional ideas, because it's just fun. Because what some might, some might construe as delusional might be cutting edge at some point in the future. Right. So delusional today, you know, cutting edge in the future. I don't know. Um, so I don't really ever discount. I mean, you have those funny moments when you're like, what if we did blah, blah, blah. And it's fun. You're like, ha, 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 you know. And that is totally horseshit. Nobody's doing that idea. Right. right. But then you have some other ideas and you're like, hmm, that's interesting. 
kind of like, know that that could ever work, but cool, let's write it down and think about it. What if everybody could see what everybody was doing at each point in their day on the internet? Yeah. Bam, Facebook. That would be, we'd all just be like watching each other. Nobody would be doing anything. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's, uh, what's cool about some of the technology and stuff is we do have opportunities to do things we've never been able to do before. And therein lies like just the creative flow um, that to me is just uninhibited. You know, I think that sometimes people can get lost in the idea generation, like generating of an idea, not generational. Um, and they'll get paralyzed by the analysis of it and they won't be able to move past it and it will never come to fruition. But I think if you have an idea, you should at least exercise those steps and move through those steps. I should probably make a post about my steps someday about how I actually, because I have it mapped out. You know, what is it that I do? Um, yeah, I actually want to watch you exercise. Yeah, that. that'd be, yeah, that'd be you know, great, man. We'll we see it. all your real exercising with uh, CUNY Pena. Yeah, the you real, know. the physical exercise. So for you me, know. really, it's a, it's flow charting. I use flow charting. I okay. go, I put a master idea here, category here, and I connect the dots, and I'm all about how these work together. I never want to like do something ever for me, for me, never want to do something that doesn't have at least one connecting point to something I'm already doing. Okay. Got it? Right. For me, I don't want to do, like, I don't want to own a football team because I don't play football. I barely watch it. I'm not that right. into it. But what I do, you're right. I mean, like maybe as a silent 17th partner on some big roster of a partnership. Sure. But I'm, that's not what I'm, it has no connective, connective tissue to anything else I'm doing. Right. But guitars, boots, cigars, whiskey, tequila. That sound like a lush, don't I know? <laughs> but, you know, all those things. Um, and, and then the teaching side of it with some of the other ideals I have and the, the music side of it. I mean, it's, it's all interconnected at some point. Mm -hmm. So if there's zero connective tissue from one ideal to the next, I'm, I'm out. I don't, even, I don't even think about it again. I'm, I'm out on that because I know I don't have right at that moment, um, unless it's just this super lofty stellar idea that I think is going to go, I, I let that one go. You know, I'm just, I just like, yeah, it's, it doesn't really fit the culture. It doesn't really fit what I'm doing. But if it's good enough, I may write it down and tuck it away in a book somewhere. So someday I flip open that book and I go, oh, my God, that's awesome. Okay. So light bulb. Yeah, light bulb. So in order to make yourself unparalyzed by overanalyzing why not to do something, mm -hmm. you have to switch it to why you want to do something. Of course. That's the first, to, for me, that's the first test. Because it seems like that's why people get so caught up in, you know, like, why do I not want to watch this show? Yeah. But what if I switch it to, well, why do I want to watch this show? Right. And you go for the one that you have the greater why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if I'm watching Smithsonian Channel and there's a, there is, pardon me, there's a, there's a show on there called um, Aerial America. We're going to tag them in this. It's just literally drone footage of different cities with a monotone, not, not even ground footage, only aerial footage. Okay. Aerial America. And all they do is fly around these cities and talk about the historical merit and value and interest of that city or state or country or fill in the blank, right? To me, I can sit there and watch that for hours. I'm fascinated by that. So for me, 
you know, that does it for me. <laughs> You're looking at the screensaver. That's an, that's an Apple TV thing. But uh, yeah, so, so that does it for me, and I'm interested in that. Um, and, and I forgot your original question because I kind of went off on that little rabbit trail there. But In order to cure analysis paralysis, you have to focus on the why, not the why, the why not. Yeah, so the why for me in that scenario, and that's where I was headed, is the information, the historical merit and value of the information I'm receiving. I want that information. I like that information. That information does it for me, right? right. So that's my why. I feel smarter after watching it. I feel like um, I have a little better understanding of Phoenix, you know, or yeah. or, or uh, Boston or whatever when they're done. I'm like, oh, man, that was great. And so I feel enriched from an informational standpoint. So, yeah, take that back and go to a business idea or some little strategy that you want to do. And, and every idea doesn't have to be a business or a product. Mm-hmm. It could be a service or a hobby. A hobby. It could be a benevolent thing. It could be a totally selfish thing. It's just an idea. And maybe you monetize it. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's just something to exercise the freedom that you have as a human being to do your thing and to be you instead of being confined to a box all the time and and doing those things that we all end up doing. Um, I think there's a few steps uh, that get you through the first piece of that. But for me, the why is rooted in those words, give, serve, love, humility, um, you know, some of the things that we've talked about, um, hungry, humble, smart, that kind of stuff that, that we've addressed already. And so when I look at, I mean, I would love to just flood this, this podcast with all the ideas that I've had and why they're, what the why is behind them, but I won't. Some of them are proprietary and I want to let those play out. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's like those genuinely are the whys behind every single, I don't have one thing that I'm doing that doesn't have a why behind it. And some of them are pretty profound. And if I pull them off, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's not just awesome for me. It's going to be awesome for everybody that's touched by that thing. And that, man, that's, that's where it's at for me, you know. Don't get me wrong. I'm a horrible person because we all are. Yeah. At our certain levels, everybody does something to piss some other human being off. Right. There's just no getting around it. Right. You know, we're going to disappoint people in life. We're going to disappoint to the nth degree. We're all horrible people, but we all are also loving, caring people. We right. break it right down to it. Nobody wants to see someone destroyed by their actions. Right. And there might be some real sickos out there that are wired that way. That's fringe, and that's mental illness. But for the most part, we're all good. We want to see people do good. We want to see people flourish. And if you can create a business, even one that doesn't really make money but breaks even, whether it's a a benevolent organization or a functioning business that affects people's lives and changes the outcome and the trajectory of their life based on what you're doing, I mean, dude, why wouldn't you get up every day and, and do that kind of stuff? For me, that's it. Yeah. Wow. Let that soak. Yeah. It's, I feel like I'm in the middle of watching the aerial footage and I'm just like, I'd be chilled <laughs> out like, oh, wow. Yeah. So back to the idea of strategies and the building blocks and the steps to get there because I'm, I'm thinking you're still soaking in that last thought. I will say that some of the first steps I take when I come up with an idea, the, the first couple of things I do is I do go to the internet and I search up, especially if I've had a name, like a, a, a thought-provoking um word or a name or something that is the perfect representation of that idea, I go straight to the internet. I'm like, has anyone ever used that? 
what are they using it for? Mm-hmm. What's the context that they're doing? What country are they in? What state are they in? What city are they in? You know, and I go out, I do that. Do they have the domain? Do they have the mm-hmm. intellectual property? And I really, once it gets to that level, it's probably eventually going to launch at some point. But I've done all that research to find out if my idea has already been kind of maybe tarnished by a couple other things or not, uh, or if those are small things that I could overcome as a brand is built out, if we can overcome those small things and maybe the market perception of that word at this point. So those are the next steps after having the idea is quantification of use or activity around that idea or around the, the, the name because I usually will get a name with an idea, and that's pretty pretty bizarre for me. But I usually I usually will. You know? So okay, so how did you kind of twing that? I you know kind of put that last thought into like a real perspective. You know, eighty eight realty. Yeah, walk me through that idea and the name. Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> so my my partner in that um, business, um, we go back twenty five years. And we've been on again, off again, as far as our interaction as adult men with families and that kind of stuff. Never any bad blood, never any issues or anything like that. Just, you know, his life went this way, mine went that way. Oh, we came back and connected here at some point. And there's been some some minor interactions, some fun and and that kind of stuff, cutting up about when we were 20, Mm -hmm. in our 20s and being stupid young guys. Um, So we already had that history and then we reconnected a couple times. But when I met Derek, um, he was the first person I met when I moved to this town, and we hit it off. Um, we had a experience where we worked under an Asian restaurateur who owned several different restaurants, and uh, his name was Tommy Yin. And Tommy came over to this country with nothing. I mean, nothing. You hear these kind of stories all the time. Eight bucks mm-hmm. in my pocket, and I landed in New York City, and and built a restaurant and seemingly large empire. We would consider him very successful um, restaurant and real estate um, investment portfolio. Not really real estate sales, but he owned a lot of real estate, and he just he had a real impact on me as a young person and on Derek. And uh, I started my carpentry career in 1988. Derek graduated in 1988. And so that number 88, during our first initial um, thoughts on what we were planning to do, the, the number eight just kept popping up. Well, in Asian culture, the number eight is good fortune. And um, it's the perfect number. It represents a lot to a lot of people. Um, so the number eight was where we started. And um, we drew out and wrote out a couple, I wrote out a couple of different iterations of the number eight and 88 and all the different things. And so when it broke right down to it, it came right down to the end of the decision. It was like, we could have continued to think it over and over and over and over. Right. But we didn't, we made the call. We said 88, all lowercase, the word with the number and the word beyond it. There's some actual other endeavors built inside of that system that we're going to use the 88 for with a different word instead of realty out beside. It'll be a different word. Those are coming in the future. Um, So it fit that as well. And then when we begin to dig into the number 88, really like went to Wikipedia and went to the Internet and started reading things, there were some really interesting things about the number. Uh, And so we just kind of latched onto that and started working on the logo. We ended up with the hexagon 
as a part of the logo because of the beehive and the nature and bees work together in a community for one common goal. Um, and if you look at the, the three hexagons together, it's actually two eights leaning into one another with a dividing line in between them, which is where the two, they marry up. Um, and we call that giving and serving. Those two are marrying, marrying together. We're actually working with a copywriter right now. It's funny that it's so timely. This was a yesterday afternoon conversation uh, about writing the story out in more detail and making that more public. Um, so it's pretty cool that you asked. But yes, that's how we ended up with that. So we went with something that meant something to us in number format. It was, mm-hmm. it was an important date range for me, an important date range for him. Uh, there was a connective tissue there because of Tommy and what he taught us about business, which were little, it was funny because it wasn't like this business strategy. You know, we were servers in his restaurant and he would walk around and say things like, you want to make $10? This is how you make a $10. You make a $10, you do some business, you make a $20 and you just keep, you know, going and going. And so he had these little strategies and little philosophies. Um, and they kind of were ingrained in us as young 20 somethings and, um, had a reverence for him and his plight and his story. And so for us, it's, it's got a deeper meaning than just like, let's slap some numbers and words together and yeah. go with a logo. You know? Plus it goes back to your, your why, why you do everything is give and support. Yeah. So he was, and he probably didn't know this, but he was a mentor to me. Now yeah. I believe that he, because Derek stayed with him longer than I did Derek, he probably was a mentor, more of a mentor to Derek. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just, you know, drawing conclusion. Uh, but for me, he was a mentor in a way that was little small tidbits and nuggets of things that he would drop on you from time to time. And uh, I can still hear his voice in my head. He passed away a few years ago, um, too young, too early. Um, but he was a very interesting character and had a great story. So it's kind of a homage to him and ties in some important stuff to us as well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Thanks for asking. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess if anybody wants to find out about 88 Realty, they would, uh, where would they find you? Man, it's just Instagram at okay. 80, the word 80 spelled out, the number eight, and Realty. Doesn't get much simpler than that. And um, find us online, same thing, 88realty.com. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So we're doing some stuff here fun. We're, we're launching different office locations geographically and, and pushing that envelope. Uh, quite aggressively. It's crazy because the funny thing is I've been in, you know, we've, we've heard in past episodes, I've been writing, you know, been in this business 20 years and never been a part of a real estate company or real estate firm, just always used other third parties as my service, you know, on the commercial side, the broker and the residential side, the agents. And I mean, it makes perfect sense that I should be a part of something like that because it's all I've really ever done, mm-hmm. you know? So it's been fun so far. We're, we're doing, we're doing okay. Awesome. Well, I got to say that uh, now I'm going to go home and watch the Smithsonian Channel. <laughs> I'm going to get some aerial footage. I'm going to get my notepad out, yeah. and I'm going to do some flowchart exercises this weekend. Yeah, flowchart exercises. Do you feel like um, comprehensively you've gotten what you needed today? I do. I need to stop focusing on the why not, focus more on the why behind why I want to do it. Yeah. And I have to execute going off hammering what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pick one, execute, and devote to the why I'm doing it. Yeah, I agree with all that, man. You're going you're gonna to go places and do things, you know, if you can stay on that path. And get off the couch. Get off the couch. I mean, you can sit on the couch. It's not that big. I think people put too much emphasis on the lack of doing. I just think people should be doing more without worrying about, you know, am I doing the right thing? 
Mm-hmm. Just do. Just start. Just go. Just, uh, you know? And it's okay to do that. I do that at 46 and make mistakes all the time in life and in business. You just kind of try to course correct and move on and acknowledge and move on. And don't be, don't be so afraid, everybody. Just go. Do something. I'm soaking so hard today. <laughs> well, I'm glad we could be here to do this. I, it's my great pleasure to be able to sit with you and talk about this kind of stuff and to get it out there in the ethos and let everyone, you know, that's interested in this matter, this topic, this thing that we're, we're discussing and continuing to discuss. And, uh, man, I, I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am about the whole thing. So Absolutely. And if that didn't sound else. very exciting the way I said that, but that was my subdued way of, of jumping up and down inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just pictured you jumping up and down inside. Mm-hmm. As uh, a little, there's a little me inside right now. He's doing the, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess if there's anybody out there who wants to uh, ask a question, shoot us a DM and everything I know on the Instagram. Uh, follow us on YouTube and yeah. you know spread the word because we want to spread the knowledge. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I don't want to be the only one soaking over here in my knowledge. Yeah, you hear you hear the, the phrase all the time. You know, like, share, follow, like, share. However you want to call whatever order you want to put those in. But that would literally mean the world to us to do that because you know. It's great if it falls on five years or 10 years or 50 years, but it'd be better if it falls on more, you know, and uh, I just I just want to give it. What was your favorite song in 1988? Wow. By the way, by the way, I was two. You were two in 1988 and I was swinging a hammer. That means that was 31 years ago. Man, my favorite song of 1988 was probably still... We were coming off of the Motley Crue Girls, Girls, Girls album of 87. So I was probably still hot on some crew at that point. Um, so I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with like um, anything off of Girls, Girls, Girls because that was like awesome. Yeah. You know, they're doing a biopic on Netflix. Yes. Based dirt. off their book. Yes. Yeah, Dirt. It's, uh, I've been following it a little bit, I must say. I can't. When was um, that dropping? So, so just put that in perspective. <laughs> I wasn't 46 in 1988. I was 16. So <laughs> Girls, Girls, Girls was the right album for a 16-year-old, right? Right. Yeah. So Swinging a Hammer. Yeah, a Swinging a Hammer and the, the Girls, Girls, you know, all that and all the big hair bands. You know, we've talked about it. That was, yeah. that was what I cut my teeth on. But yeah, there you go. All right. Cool. Well, uh, it's been an awesome day. It's a new day. And uh, can't wait to finally let that release on Netflix so I can figure out what I'm going to watch. There you go, man. You can start with Smithsonian Channel. Aerial America. Aerial America. There you go. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. Have a good one. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for watching the latest podcast. We sure appreciate all of your time and attention and everything that we're doing. We're going to bring you everything we know, every chance we get. Thanks again.